Gentle Bean, Flockmasters, and Finger Poppin' Strithers. Knock this to your load. The newly redecorated, rebranded, and repriced watering hole known to all and stately as Chip Frinkle's Electric Egg. Your oasis in the cosmic storm. Your tether on the event horizon. Your most diplomatically immunized spot on the fairgrounds is most quadrilaterally tiled to present with a standard from that classic Quaffatoni musical, The Rise and Fall of the Planet of our very own Ms. Delilah Mallory! My mother was not kind, let alone loving But she could tell the truth and tell it straight You'll never get what matters but by shoving Hold tightly to the meat that's on your plate It's been ten years since mother was still living
I do not make any certain movements. Oh, uh, what now? All patrons present may continue their consumption of intoxicants and artery-clogging snack foods, but this reputed entertainment must cease in compliance with Section 194, Paragraph 82 of the Human Fugal Nari Friendship Agreement. Some lyrics that contain, concern, describe, or obliquely reference specific parts of the human body when sung by humans are prejudicial against non-humanoid species and are therefore not to be sung, spoken, signed, or otherwise signified in polite society. You call this polite? Shit, what the freak? I'm on it, D. Just relax, everybody. Officers, would you mind stepping over here so we can discuss this? Stops. You keep playing. Sure thing. D, you just take five while I get this straightened out, okay? No worries, folks. Ms. Mallory will be back in just a few minutes. Uh, we'll see about that. Okay, Corporal Quisling and Corporal Patane, what's the deal? Really out to put a vaunch on my big rebranding reveal, aren't you? We have no personal opinions about your business practices or decor, Mr. Frinkle, except for when they break station law. Then it's our problem. Break what station law? You mean this friendship agreement the Fugs have laid on us? The friendship agreement is a League of Humans policy, sir. Yeah, right. We all know who actually wrote that schness. Well, I know that Earth Central was deeply involved in all aspects of the creation and implementation of the friendship agreement. That's right. It clearly states as much in Section 1, Paragraph 38. And anyway, it doesn't matter who wrote it because it's league law now, which means it's security's job to enforce it. With extreme prejudice. Yeah. And how exactly did that song violate the law? Because according to all the leafy kibitzers we've had in here over the past couple months, the problem is lyrics that refer to the human anatomy, right? There's nothing about the human body anywhere in those lyrics. If humans are mentioned in the song, then they've obviously got bodies. That's good enough for us. But that song isn't even about humans. The original comes from Quaffitoad. Come on, Quaffitoad. Give me a break about the translation. It's the best one in English there is. We don't give a blorch's fleek about the original. Your translation uses human names, takes place on a human planet, and is being sung by a human singer. So, by transitive properties, it is now about humans and their bodies. Ipso facto. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, that's why you have a problem with it. Not for any more political reasons. D. I can assure you, ma'am, that security has received no clandestine directive to suppress any form of creative expression that may be perceived as critical of the work of the Human Fuglenari Friendship Committee, even if such critique is obscured by... Uh, by... What's the word I'm looking for? Uh, satire? No, that's not it. Metonymy? No. Litotes? Yeah, uh, no. Oh, come on. That's just a subset of metonymy. Yeah, what's wrong with you, Sopan? What's that? No. Strays, Bert. Didn't see you down there. 
call your shots. Sorry, boss. Not irony, no. Allegory? Yeah, that's it. Allegory. Oh, oh okay, okay. Well then, if there's no such order, then you have no grounds to object to that song, even if it was allegorical, which she already told you it isn't. And for the bazillionth time, league laws don't have any standing here in the Baronetia Candafa. So why are we even having this discussion? Maybe because your baronet is a peanut butter junkie? <gasps> yeah, so maybe the Sims won't actually give a tinker's corn about us busting you up. Do you want me to go and ask the baronet about that? Chip, should I? See, the thing is, officers, Stops may spread it smooth most of the time, but he's no stranger to rough stuff. Yeah, the Zoot may be zipping on Grotta back home, but he's still royalty, you knows. Exactly. So I'm gonna go ahead and call that bluff. Yeah, Stops may be the black sheep of his family, but that hits a little different when the family business is the Zibidon Empire. You know his mother's the Grand Duchess of Prang, right? He's a quarter cousin of the Empress for crying out loud. And yeah, they may not like him much back home, but they like insults to the Imperial dignity a whole lot less. So I suggest you find some other way besides hassling us to kiss the Fulganari equivalent of ass. Because if you try to enforce that friendship agreement in here one more time, all of us will find out just what the Empire thinks of a couple of two-bit Foog stooges trying to push us around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... I mean... <sighs> you mean? You mean what? Yeah. What exactly did you mean? I... I meant that... We just wanted to give you a warning. Yeah. You oh, be warning. better, oh, right? Right. Okay, let's go, Dormer. Our work is done here. Yeah, sure thing. Hey, but we'll be back. So just watch it. Whatever you say, officers. And hey, love those kicky new headbands you're wearing. What's that all about? Did you two start a little club? Oh, you'll find out. And you're all going to be wearing them, too, soon enough. They're going to be very popular around here. Oh, yeah. They look like the hottest craze of 2495. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <one>, sister. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, Chip. They lit out of here like their fins were on fire. We scared them good that time. Not good enough. They'll be back. Okay, what is with you? Gemini Collision Works presents Life with Alpha Season 2 Episode 26 And You Turn Yourself Around Consider again the many ways you can conserve energy through reducing movement. 
For example, do humans really need to chew their food? It seems like you're putting a lot of stress and strain on those mandibles of yours for no good reason. There are plenty of commercially available appliances that could do that work for you ahead of time. And then all you need to do is sit, slurp, gulp, or ingurgitate the pre-softened nutrient material. Try it! And I'm sure your lateral pterygoids will thank you for the rest. Just another cheerful life hack from your friends at the HFFAC, where we're doing all we can to make this easy on you. Really, we are! Oh, and we humans sure gosh darn appreciate it, don't we, Johnny? Why, shucks, Stell. I never considered before how much easier my life would be if I simply eliminated chewing my food. Who needs to taste it? And my stomach must have more than enough enzymes to break it down and get me all the nutrients I need. Speaking of breakfast, I'm sure Althar's got something traditional and tasty ready. Or possibly something we've never heard of that's maybe a little too interesting to be sprung on us first thing in the cycle. Or both. Yeah. Okay if I go ahead while you get ready? Shower's open. Nah, I'm gonna do that in the locker room at work. Just give me a sec. Damn. I will never get used to that, and I hope I never do. Do you really have that much use for the three-second suit-up anymore? I think since most of the vet biters got blasted, you could slack off on the constant combat readiness a bit. I guess, but it's always good to keep in practice, right? And Althar's breakfasts give me a good incentive. Come on, bacon, bacon, bacon! And good morning and a pleasant commencing of the cycle to friend John and Supervisor Ray's. Althar hopes you are having sufficient time for a nutritious breakfast that will build strong bodies in at least a dozen different ways. Althar has prepared the pancakes, the bacon, the java, and fruit juices, and of course the toast with the Vegemite. Oh, and today Althar has made experimentation with another traditional Earth breakfast food, Wache. You must be telling Althar if it is success. Hmm, I'm good with the pancakes and bacon, I think. Thanks anyways. Oh, hey, Wache. Rice and beans work for me anytime. Thanks, Althar. Hmm. Hey, Althar, did you hear the latest announcement from Mrs. F? Just so you know, that's one piece of advice I definitely won't be taking. So please don't feel like you have to start serving your breakfasts in, like, non-chewable form. Oh no, friend John! For as long as Althar can make acquisition of the ingredients for the traditional human breakfast, Althar will be constructing the traditional human breakfast. Although Althar has made some study of the smoothie, so he will be prepared if this suggestion of the committee is becoming more of an insistence. Yeah, I didn't even consider that possibility. Maybe I should try some of that watch while the, uh, getting's good. Oh, sorry. Mm, thought you didn't want any. Strees, Supervisor. Other is once again most impressed by the redoubtable trench being ship of Supervisor Ray's. Althar should have been knowing better than to have concern of the leftovers. Well, I got work to do and a couple personal things I want to take care of first. You both know how fast I can shovel it down when I need to. I swear you're getting faster. An army marches on its stomach, Johnny. Just ask Frederick the Great, Fort Sanger the Pleasant Marauder, or Joey Chestnut. And now I'd better get out of here if I want to have time to hit the scrubbers before I clock in. Later, fellas. And there she goes again. A perfectly plausible explanation for rushing out of here way before her shift starts. 
which seems to be earlier every time she does it. The tone of Renditon is indicating the disturbment, is it not? But surely the punctuality of Supervisor Reyes is a thing to be greatly admired. I mean, there's obviously nothing wrong with the way she's been acting lately, but it's still concerning. Evan believes the lessons of English are escaping him again, friend John. Is the concerning not caused by the things that are obviously something wrong? No, that's right. It's just... The thing is, I feel like I should be nervous about Stella's behavior. Like, if I didn't know her well enough and trust her well enough, I'd jump straight to she's having an affair or she wants to split up. But I do know her, and I do trust her, and I know when Stella has a problem, she walks up to it nose to nose and says, Hello, problem. I mean, I've seen it. I've been one of the noses. It's impressive. And scary. And more than a little bit exciting. She's really teaching me a lot about myself. Anyway, I know she's not hiding anything like that, because if she had a problem with me, I'd be the first to know about it. Which means either I'm just being paranoid, or she's hiding something else. But I have no idea what that something else might be, or why she would bother hiding it, so yeah. The fact that there's obviously nothing wrong is exactly what has me concerned. Uh, whatever, she'll tell me when she's ready, I guess, or it actually is nothing. Either way, brooding about it won't do me any good, and I need to get to work. Hmm. Thanking you for this explanation, Fred John. Arthur believes he is understanding the concern now. He is certain that the changed behaviors of Supervisor Reyes are having a reason most justifiable. Oh, yeah, no, obviously. It's just hard not to worry when you feel like someone's keeping a secret from you, you know? Indeed, Fred John. It is a truth that Elder has observed a great increase in the keeping of secrets among the peoples of the fairgrounds since the revealing of the hidden Fugunari among you. Perhaps it is more difficult to be trusting even the dear friends when it is learned that such a great secret has been withheld from your understanding. It provokes the assumptions to be questioned. Arthur has experienced this also. Well, don't worry about me, buddy. I'll never have any secrets from you. Good morning, all, and let's get right to it. What should I be pissed off at first today? And is it worth fuming while standing, or should I settle my sitzfleisch in the command chair before I commence my first daily eruption? I think you should sit, sir. No, take it standing like proud Bolshevik commander. I vote for sitting. In fact, if you'll pardon a lieutenant's forwardness, given the nature of the upcoming few minutes, I would somewhat insist on it. All right. The ass planters have it. Fine by me. Let me enjoy this gift from the gone, but unfortunately not yet forgotten, Mr. Several. Oh. And get that first sip of Megalon Lapazy down. Ugh. Ugh. Bourgeois fancy pants hot bean beverage. And go! What's today's pointless annoyance? Good morning, humans! And all the rest of you, too, of course. All you sentients on the bridge. And, uh, robots. I just wanted to pop in for a quick spot check to make sure that command staff are setting a good example for everyone on the fairgrounds by following the excellent advice of the HFFAC. So, tell me, 
What have all of you done so far today to promote adherence to the friendship agreement through your actions? I would rather not say, if it's okay. But I'm sure you'd get an enthusiastic answer from my sister Ashley in hydroponics. She'd rather talk to you plants than her own sister anyway. What is Stalinbot doing? Well, Stalinbot is doing job. Job is not enjoyable, but it needs to be done. So Stalinbot is doing it. And advanced programming of Stalinbot is already at peak of robotic efficiency, so he does not need any suggestions from your sack. As for myself, so far this cycle, I have considered many millions of questions, from those regarding the origins of space and time itself, to those concerning how one might better improve one's attitude through proper nutrition. Unfortunately, the consideration of the friendship agreement seems to have slipped my mind. Oops. <laughs> and I, Frontenax, had an ear-scratchingly good time working my jaws on the way down here just now over a takeout frozen egg sandwich imperfectly reheated in the infrared oven at Tixandu's, whose lackluster food offerings are unfortunately not up to the high standards set by their coffee. Oh, Commander, you do so seem to enjoy this cheeky banner where you try to bait me by being disrespectful of the Friendship Committee's helpful suggestions. <laughs> of course, I understand you don't really mean it, but the rest of the committee? Uh, they don't quite get the human sense of humor. You know how it is. So, you should be a little more careful that they don't mistake these saucy quips of yours for flagrant insolence. Especially since your whole staff seems to follow suit. I think we'd all appreciate it if you'd spent less time joking around with the crew, and more time pointing out to them how successful our initiatives have been at improving the lives of all the humans on the fairgrounds. Successful initiatives? Mm Mm-hmm. Perhaps you could remind me what those were? Because I can't seem to recall any. Can you, Frawl? Not on this or any other level of reality, sir. No. All right, yes, the food restrictions still seem to be causing more difficulty than we'd anticipated. I simply can't understand this obsession with flavor and texture you all have. Shortly ingesting the correct proportions of nutrients ought to be the only thing that matters. And, yes, we're aware of the potential issues with the curfew system once the sun sets on Bellabog Veda. But, well, we've got over a year to sort that out, haven't we? And I'll admit that compliance with the excess movement reduction guidelines has been gravely disappointing. But now that we've activated the tracking chips and the pedometers, we should have that sorted out very quickly. And I'm sure all the additional revenue generated by the overstepping fines will make a considerable contribution towards some long overdue upgrades around here. (laughs) As for the trial run of the gravity rationing program, well, we, we just won't discuss that, all right? Ever. Still... Waiting to hear about all the committee's successful initiatives, Mrs. F. 
Well, maybe if Station Command had chosen to help us implement our plans to fix this place up, instead of indulging in a lot of pointless and inefficient insubordinations, things would have gone a lot more smoothly. And maybe if the Fugalari had bothered trying to understand humans instead of trying to fix us, you wouldn't be having such a rough time of it in the first place. Oh, Mindy, no. No, no, no. There was never any question of we Fulgonari sitting on our branches, watching such a promising young race stumbling around without proper guidance. We may still be refining exactly what kind of guidance will be most effective, but it's more clear than ever that you desperately need it. And we're certainly not going to give up. You are right about one thing, though. We obviously need to get some folks who better understand the human mind involved in the advisory process. And we've extended a very important frond in that very direction. We're going to be opening our very first recruitment center here on the fairgrounds in the Central Promenade. Later today, in fact. The ribbon cutting ceremony will be at 1420. You may want to put in an appearance if you're available. It would certainly boost your reputation in certain plots. What? What kind of recruitment center? Who are you recruiting? For what? Why, humans, of course. <laughs> who better to help us understand your needs than those among you who have already accepted the beauty and necessity of the plant way. You may not be aware of it all the way down here on the bridge, Commander, but there are plenty of humans on the fairgrounds and elsewhere who appreciate that a little more structure is just what your species needs. Although we'll be accepting members of all species, of course. Anyone is welcome, so long as they're interested in supporting the work of the committee. And of course, publicly declaring that support will entitle them to, well, not special treatment exactly, but a certain recognition that they're at least trying to get with the program. So I imagine we'll be seeing quite a lot of interest. Oh, I'm sure you will. There are quite a few folks on the fairgrounds who know what side their bread's buttered on. For as long as we're still allowed to eat bread, anyway. Where exactly did you say this recruitment center was going to be? On the outer ring of the central promenade, just next to the Noon Gibble shuttle stop. You know, next to the genome hut. Hold on, isn't that where the fairgrounds gift shop is? No, that's where the gift shop was before last Tuesday. But two of our most talented negotiators, Denorbiax and Fricadaverks, were able to acquire the location at a very reasonable price. That at least makes sense. It's a wonder that place managed to stay open as long as it did. On the contrary, sir. The gift shop was both more popular and successful than one would reasonably assume given its location and stock. It seems that most beings passing through the fairgrounds were inclined to pick up a souvenir of their travels there, primarily for the kitsch value, and long-term residents found their vast array of cheap knickknacks a very attractive option for gift-giving when they were short on imagination or credits. It will be missed. Well, I think a few plastic keychains and personalized novelty mugs are a small price to pay in order to establish a center devoted to mutual understanding and collaboration between we Fugonari and all the other species of the galaxy. Collaboration, you say? Now that is interesting choice of words. 
Well, best of luck with your ceremony, Mrs. F. You'll forgive me if I find myself unavailable to attend. I'm barely certain I'll have more pressing business here on the bridge of some kind. I expected as much. But, Commander, I would strongly advise you to show at least some interest in contributing to the Great Ascension. Not to spread seeds out of season, but quite frankly, the prevailing sentiment along the local branch of the committee is that you have been a serious hindrance to our work here. The only reason we have not yet prevailed upon the League of Humans to replace you with a more sensible officer, in fact, is my advocacy on your behalf. I do hope I won't have cause to regret that position or change it. Ta-ta! Okay! I will be in my office until such time as anything else out here actually requires my attention. Let me know if that happens, would you? And Frawl, would you see if Althar is available for a meeting as soon as possible? I have a few diplomatic matters I'd like to discuss with him. Replace Commander Toriana? Was she serious about that? Ah, of course not. That plant is dirty liar. They would not dare. Oh no, Stalinbot. Fondrenax is very definitely telling the truth. About that, at least. There is a limit to the committee's tolerance, and the commander has been fast approaching it. She and all of us will need to use a great deal of caution indeed if we wish her to remain in at least nominal charge of the fairgrounds. And I can assure you that, despite whatever your personal opinion of her leadership may be, you do want her to remain in charge. The possible alternatives are considerably worse. So what are you saying, Lieutenant Oblaka? Commander Torian is to demean herself by making nice, nice with plants that refuse to let her be, be, be strong and proud leader. We have grown to grudgingly tolerate. What I'm saying, Uncle Jobot, is that if the commander does not, to some extent, behave in a manner you might consider demeaning, she will undoubtedly be replaced by a League of Humans officer who will enthusiastically submit to Fulganari control. And such an officer will be nowhere near as patient as Commander Toriana is, for reasons even I cannot fully comprehend. With a robot comms officer who is surly, insubordinate, and modeled after one of the Earth's most deservingly despised historical figures. So, when your normally intrepid commander chooses to walk lightly, I would advise you follow in her footsteps with equal care. Hmm. Duh. If you are afraid of wolves, keep out of the woods. I'm not Mama Frondradax, and I'm not angry. 
Why does that mulching Mindy have to make this all so difficult? I have been doing everything I can to protect that arrogant meatbag from winding up in a tarp hole, and she just keeps cobblestoning us. This is not a game! Do you want Rudy to help with the smashing? No, Rudy. This is very much a solo activity. I just... I just can't with these humans. They refuse to even try to be sensible. What is it about Earth species that causes this ridiculous stubbornness? I mean, look at this Earth plant right here. No ambition. I mean, sure got the stay-in-one-place attitude down, Pat. But that's not enough if that's all you want to do. Won't communicate. Won't strategize. Just wants to be stupid. Won't talk. Won't learn. <laughs> Look at you. <clears throat> won't even defend yourself. Even if I were to tear you branch from branch. <clears throat> <clears throat> Just me, Mrs. F. Is, uh, is everything okay over here? Oh, uh, uh, yes. Uh, I'm just, uh, helping this silly earth cousin of mine by spreading his branches out to cover more surface area. <laughs> Since he can't seem to do it so well for himself. Rudy, take these pieces and spread them around so they can ingest more of this lovely light and water. Why don't you? I don't think Earth Cousin can ingest any more, Mama. He's in so many pieces. Just do it, would you? And don't call me Mama. Oh, okay. Come on, Cousin. Let's go play. <sighs> Look, HF, I've been meaning to tell you. I am sorry for that business with Miss Sophie. Even if I wasn't at all fond of that little nitrogen fountain. I understand so very well how having an adorable little companion can ease the mental strain of day-to-day -day living in a place like the fairgrounds. Aw, Rudy loves Frondinax, too! I'm sorry, who mentioned you? Now go put that refuse in the compost bin. Well, that's nice of you to say, Mrs. F. But uh, you have to understand it's a little hard for me to forgive your people for that. Jeff, let's not be overly dramatic. Certainly I understand you had some attachment to that ridiculous little mammal. But are you really going to harp on it forever? Okay. Okay, let's just set that aside for now. I actually came up here hoping to talk to you. Oh. Uh, you know, have a conversation, plant to mammal. All right. See, if I could understand your point of view a little better. I mean, the Fugonari point of view. Maybe it's something a human can't understand, but I really don't see what your endgame is here. Endgame? Well, it's perfectly simple, HF. What we're doing is an act of charity. We Fuglenari kept to ourselves for the longest time, you know, because we could see that our philosophy was somewhat unattractive to other species. But we took our time examining all of your philosophies 
and we finally came to the conclusion that there was a great deal of unnecessary waste going on all over the galaxy. So much inefficiency. And inefficiency leads to misery. Sure as bark beetles lead to blight. So after much consideration, we decided it was unfair to keep the Fugulnari way to ourselves. We just had to spread out and share with everyone. So if you intend to spread the Fugulnari way across the whole galaxy, mm -hmm. why start with humans? Oh, well, you're still quite new to the ICSV comparatively and you had a couple of specific cultural disadvantages that made the whole process much easier. Your problem with those darling Iltorians was the main one, of course, but also that bizarre and all-consuming obsession with the reproductive process that seems to take up so much of your attention. <laughs> the ICSB, of course, claims to accept all species equally, no matter what their idiosyncrasies. But honestly, you can't expect people to just ignore the fact that you're willing to attempt mating with anything, <laughs> up to and including abstract concepts. <laughs> and of course, you already had quite a few species of plant life on your planets that was almost identical to us, albeit strangely non-sentient. So that was certainly a bonus when it came to the logistics. But I don't know why you needed me to tell you all this. We've been saying over and over that we just want to help. This is for your own good. I guess I just wanted to understand your motives. Where you plants were coming from. If you were being honest about why you were really here. And I gotta say, you've convinced me. You really believe what you're saying. Hmm? You really believe you're doing this for our own good. Hmm. I suspect I haven't really convinced you of anything, HF. But I'm sure you'll eventually come to see how much better it would be for everyone if you just let us teach you how to improve your lives. And that once everyone else sees just how much better life can be under our guidance, they'll be happy to join in. Oh no, Mrs. F, you've 100% convinced me. I can honestly say I understand the plant way a lot better now. Ooh. So thank you. Alfair will be here in just a few moments, sir. All right, thank you, Frawl. And once he gets here, can you make sure no one's listening in? I can, sir, but I will not. If anyone is listening in on this conversation, which you already know the Office of Equilibrium is at least able, if not willing, to do, it would be much better to allow it. Are you just saying that because you want them to record you saying that? Oh, no, sir. They would not be able to do so. What you perceive as my voice is not actually composed of audible sound, and thus is not picked up by microphones or recording devices, unless I make a deliberate choice to make it so. I am merely sending impulses directly to your auditory nerves that your brain interprets as the sound of my voice. Nelly hiss at you, Frawl! I have told you! I promise, sir. I am in no way, shape, or form poking around in your brain. This is simply the way I most easily communicate. And... It is functionally no different from a neurological perspective, 
from the way you experience the more traditional modes of speech. That sounds reasonable, but I still don't like it. Would it settle any of your misgivings on the subject if I were to inform you that it has cumulatively saved you 312.6 hours sitting in pointless meetings over the years? How? When I am conversing with multiple beings at once, I am able to individually tailor their perception of my words in such a way that they are most able to fully grasp my meaning. So when we're in a meeting, everyone hears you differently, but we all understand you the same? Exactly. More often than not, when any group of individuals is attempting to come to a consensus, they are each vastly mistaken about how much of the other's meaning they actually comprehend. And I am frequently able to adjust for this by altering my responses accordingly, so that a genuine consensus can be reached without the customary pointless crosstalk and faffing about. You're welcome. Jonesy's gleaming orbs. I'd like to see the Fuginari beat that for efficiency in a four-dimensional space. All right. I'll be sure to remember that when you're talking to me from now on. That won't be necessary, sir. I'd suggest you forget about it, in fact, and just accept that whatever you perceive me saying to you is what you need to hear. Then... Is there any particular reason you thought I needed to hear this now? Uh... Because... It was time! Yeah, that's it. It was time. And speaking of time, the time of Althar's arrival is almost upon us, so I'd suggest you position yourself accordingly. Okay. It feels really rude to sit here facing the wall, but... He will absolutely not take offense, Commander. Of course he won't, but it still makes me uncomfortable. Not as much as the alternative, but still. Understood, sir. Greeting to you, Commander Toriana and Lieutenant Commander Frolenbar. Alvar has received the message that there was an issue most condensing on which you wished to be speaking with him. Yes, Alvar, thanks for coming. Sorry about the chair. I just, well, you know. Oh, Althar is not taking offense, Commander. It is a most clever solution to the potential of digestive distress. Thank you. So, have a seat, or whatever is most comfortable for you. All right, Althar, I'm sure you've guessed what it is I want to discuss with you. It seems there's very little else to discuss on the fairgrounds these days. I know more or less where the ICSB stands on the matter of the... Well, let's not mince words. The Fuglnari occupation. What I want to know from you, if you're able to tell me, is the Iltorian commonality's position, and your own, if there's any difference between the two. Your questions are presented with commendable directness, Commander Toriana. I don't have a lot of time for ambiguity these days, Althar. Hmm. This is to be expected. As to the question of the positioning of the commonality... Althar cannot, of course, speak for the Consensus Coalition group, but 
he can make adventuring of a guess. It is, of course, always the desire of Iltor to help in resolving the disputes between sapiens, but it is to be invited before doing this. To do otherwise would be to impose the will of the commonality on others, and this is not an act of kindness, no matter how it is intended. And this is true even if the result of this interference would seem to be most positive. So it is always caution when intervening in the affairs of others. And this is of course most true of your own people, Commander, because they are so scantily understood by Iltor. Arthur has of course been working very hard to remedy this and to share his findings, but he is still only one being, and much work yet remains to him. I see. So, your people won't intervene because they don't want to impose their will on us. But the Fugulnari are already imposing their will on us. Doesn't Iltor have a problem with that? Oh, yes, Commander. And those of Iltor who have friends among the Fugulnari are explaining this to them. And the Fugulnari are being very polite and listening appreciatively to their friends of Iltor. And then they are continuing to do as they have been. There has been much discussion on Iltor of how a more successful explaining may be achieved, but Alvar has some doubt that this can be accomplished. From what I've seen of the Fugulnari, I'd say you're almost certainly right about that, unfortunately. Hmm. And of course there are some of Iltor who are agreeing with the official position of the ICSB that this conflict is not between Fugulnari and human, but between humans who are appreciating the Fugulnari and humans who are not. And if this is the case, it would be doubly foolish to make interference. And do you agree with this position? Althor is not certain. He has so very many thoughts about this circumstance that he is not always agreeing with himself. <laughs> On the one grasper, it is most clear that the interposing of the Fugulnari is causing great upset to the human friends of Althar, and this is making upset in Althar also. But on the other grasper, he does not know what there is to be done about this, if the methods of Iltor in which he has been trained are inadequate. So on the third grasper, he is wondering if this circumstance is, is revealing a flaw in the methods of Iltor that has never before been noticed. And on the... Uh, Arthur has lost track of his graspers, but he is knowing that the people of Iltor have been making refinement of these methods for millennia, and it would be a great arrogance to think that Althar is knowing better than these so many Iltorians of great wisdom who have made precedence of him. So he is not wishing to make increase to the suffering of his dear human friends by acting with rashness. And he is sharing his thoughts with his many friends and teachers on Iltor, and hoping they will be able to help him find solution. He is aware that this must seem very inadequate to you. It is seeming inadequate to Althar also, but he has yet to make devisement of some other way he can be providing the assistance. I understand, Althar. You Iltorians are famous for being fair and neutral, after all. Thanking you, Commander Toriana, but... 
father has been having consideration that there may perhaps be occasion when a neutrality and the fairness cannot both be practiced, and it is necessity to choose between the two. And there are some of Iltor who are agreeing, but many others who are saying this cannot be so, that there will be always some way to make resolution with sufficient kindness and diligence. The letters of Althar have been provoking the great controversy on Iltor, and this is making also the great ambivalence in Althar, because he would very much wish for his theory to be disproved. If Althar is wrong, then there is a way to provide friendship and understanding between Fuglnari and human, and the principles that have been serving Iltor for so many metristals are still sufficient, which would be of the sizable relief. But if Althar is right, then the path forward is one of great difficulty and sadness. So he is hoping that the wisest of Iltor are finding solution where he can see none. Have these wise Iltorians made any suggestions so far? Anything you might try to bring about this friendship and understanding? been providing Althar with much information about the culture of the Fuglari, of which he has been making most careful study, but no, Commander, of the helpful suggestions there have not been so many. It has been conveyed to Althar that the gift of an updated hydration system is always well received, but in his opinion this is unlikely to be sufficient to the current difficulty. Well, I'm glad to hear they're working on it, at least. Here's hoping they have some more productive suggestions for you in the future, and that those suggestions will actually make it to you. I'm sure you've heard that the Fugs have been keeping a pretty firm grip on the Interstellar Post, but I don't know if that's been affecting your messages at all. Althar does not believe so, Commander, judging of the responses he has received to his letters. Uh, however... Other has recently made request of several small devices for the use in detection of the hidden listening apparatus. If this package is tampered with, or damaged, or if Althar does not receive it at all, then it will be certain that the shipments of Althar are being monitored also. But if the devices never show up, how will you know they were sent in the first place? Oh! There will be a code phrase in the next message to Althar when his friend has made shipment of the devices. So he will be knowing one way or the other. Very clever. Thanking you, Lieutenant, but Althar cannot be taking the credit. It is an ancient Iltorian diplomatic practice. If the commander wishes, Althar can make use of these methods to convey any messages you wish to be sending out of human space. These will be forwarded with great speed by the friends of Althar. But, of course, he cannot make guarantee that his letters will continue to enjoy this non-interference from the Fuglnari. Thank you, Althar. That may end up being very helpful indeed. And I'm reasonably certain that the Fuglnari wouldn't go so far as to interfere with your mail. They generally seem to think they can get away with whatever they please, but I can't imagine they would dare risk a dispute with Iltor. That really would get the entirety of the ICSB on their case. That is possibility, but they have been already making the surveillance of Althar's activities for almost as long as he has had residence on the fairgrounds. What? 
been spying on you? Oh, yes, this is of certainty. And Arthur suspects they have been attempting also to make sabotage toward his efforts at human friendship. But Arthur has had such great good fortune to meet so many kind and generous humans, such as Friend John and yourself, that these attempts were doomed to failing. And now, unless you are having further questionings, Arthur should excuse himself as he has some dispatches that he must be posting as soon as possible if they are to be of the greatest use to both himself and his human friends. Of course, Althar. And thank you. I'd appreciate it if you kept me informed of the current thinking on Iltor as much as you can. And of your own thinking as well. Althar promises that he will do so, Commander. Hmm. Not as much direct support as I'd hoped for, but... But as much as you are possibly going to get, Commander. And much more than you may even now appreciate. Hey, HF, do we have any, uh... Are you... cleaning? What does it look like? It looks like you're cleaning... this office. Which can only mean... Pleased to meet you, Hardy Fox Fornisbot. When were you programmed? Because I think you've got a few bugs that need to be checked out. Ah, uh, yeah. Very funny, kid. Seriously, though, when was the last time you cleaned this place? If ever. For all your hypochondriacness, this is the kind of behavior that makes me worried that you're actually sick for once. Hypochondria? Schmipochondria. Still, you never know. Something might happen to me sometime, and don't you look at me like that. I'm not talking illness here. For all you know, I might suddenly get a wild hair to retire one day and leave you in charge of the joint. And there's no jacking way you'd ever figure out this filing system of mine. System? So I'd, bet, yeah, so I'd better take time now to simplify it for you, right? Gee, thanks. And I had only just gotten this place sorted out after those fooks tossed it looking for Miss Sophie. How is she? Oh, she's doing fine, considering. Not happy that she's not seeing as much of me these days, of course. But I got some folks to look in on her, play with her, all that, so it's worked out. Who do you know that's okay with going to the in-betweens just to check up on your dog? Hey, I got plenty of friends on this barge you never even met. Just because you only hang out with like a dozen people, doesn't mean that everyone else does. You're like one of those Earthers, travels the galaxy, but only eats the exact same Kaiser Clown burgers everywhere they go. Okay, okay, I know, I'm provincial, but you're the one that's been stuck on the fairgrounds for half of forever. You're a fixture around here. That's how I know you'll never retire. You wouldn't know what to do with yourself. You'd end up like one of those old security officers. Just hanging around the station house, telling the same stories over and over, and complaining about how these whippersnappers just don't know what it was like in the bad old days. Nah, kid. As soon as I retire, I'm out of here. Finally gonna travel like I always dreamed. Get myself an SRV. One of them traveling double wides, you know? Fully tricked out with a real kitchen and bath. Sidonia king-size bed. Able to pull a mini Sulu jump once a day. Just me and Miss Sophie out on our own. Finally getting to see all those amazing places I've only read about. But, I gotta get a few more years in before I can swing the down payment. So yeah, you're gonna be stuck with me for a little while yet. 
unless, as I was saying, the unexpected intervenes, as it has been known to do. So far, it's just been the under-assistants at this office taking involuntary early retirement. But uh, there's nothing says I couldn't wind up buying it just like poor old Durbolt. <sighs> That's no way to go. You know, you never did tell me how... So I want you to be ready in case you do end up the one and only representative of... Ah, here we go. WSS on the fairgrounds. Well, I seriously doubt I'll be dealing with that anytime soon, but I will help you clean this place up if you want. Maybe I should start with the supply closet. Hey, no! Don't touch that door, kid! It was already a booby trap before that gravity rationing schness. There's no telling what kind of avalanche you'd unleash if you'd opened it now. Besides, you don't have time. There's a job just came in up on Mem 23. I already pulled up the ticket for you. Now listen, I know sometimes you like to dawdle a bit in the central promenade after a run to the lower concourse, but I want to get this place sorted out sometime before March, yeah? So just get that milkshake mixer recalibrated and get back here. Then you can dive into the closet if you want. I'll see if I can get some kind of long-distance door opening mechanism Goldberged up by then. All right, HF, I'm on it. And don't worry. I'll still be around when it's time for you and Miss Sophie to take off in that SRV. I would not want to miss that. Later. <laughs> yeah. Tell me about it, kid. Frill those foobs, Mang. We're just trying to entertain, right? Right. I never even thought about getting political before they showed up and started pushing. A-chum, a-chum. We're just a couple of tuneslingers trying to peddle our not-so-meager wares. Of all the joints I've worked all over the galaxy, this is the last place I would have expected to run into this kind of censorship smark. Man, I left the Empire to get as most exuberantly away from anything political as I could. Joke's on me, huh? Mm, and politics certainly never came up back on Tammuz. All anyone worries about on a farming colony is weather, bugs, and fungus. Yeah, not a lot of use for cutthroat politicking amongst the spacey as waves of sorghum on some boring little dirt ball. Hey! No trash talking Tammuz Beta from the slumming royal junkie in the corner, get me? Jeez, D, I am stunned in the most legitimate fashion to hear you have some kind of big old rosebud for that snooze fest of a home planet. I thought you hated it there. I mean, I did. But you don't shave someone's home planet, Zood. And there's a lot to like about Tamluz if you're cut out for farm life, which I sure as SNES wasn't. I knew that from day one of knowing anything until I was able to jump the dump when I was 16. But it'll never stop being home. Not really. Not just the planet, but the people. Did I ever tell you about them? Farmers, mostly human. Stuff grows well there. Yeah. But no legumes, so far as I heard, so my interest, shall we say, waned most precipitously. Okay. Well, for centuries, before humans ever got extrasolar, Tammuz Beta was just sitting there, untouched and uninhabited. Great climate, perfect atmosphere, promising soil, no artificial terraforming needed for most oxygen breathers. You couldn't design a better planet for farming if you tried. But no one wanted to go in and do the work. A whole bunch of different species did preliminary surveys, but they all ended up deciding it was too far out of the way to get any decent return on the investment. Until the Tamuzians came along. Wait, did I miss something in a nut glitch? I thought there were no Tamuzians. Well, there weren't, 
yet. Just a collective of farmers from different human outposts who heard about this planet right on the edge of human space, with so much untapped potential just sitting there like it had been waiting for them to develop it. So they came together, created the Tammuz Charter, and dug in. And my grandparents were there, right from day one. The first Tammuzians. They left Earth for that? Earth? <laughs> Fridge stops. The Mallorys left Earth over 300 years ago. We may not exactly have the distinction of your grand heritage. Okay, okay. You know exactly how much that most circumstantial pomposity means to this tomb-slinger, D. Okay. But when the first colonists left Earth for Mars, the Mallorys were right there. And when we headed even farther out, Mallorys in the first outposts on the moons of Saturn. Can't stop moving, huh? Well, some <laughs> of us. <laughs> I'd say around 95% of the Mallorys just want to find their place, plant whatever will grow there, and get to work making more Mallorys. Which is why I've got cousins by the dozens back home. But that other 5% can't be happy unless they're on the move. You can guess which genes I got. I think that's why being stuck here the last 19 months gives me the hab-dabs. Twice as long as I've stayed put anywhere for at least 12 years. Yeah, I hear you. I can't say I expected to remain among the most maxed out demiest of the demimondiest space station in the galaxy for quite so long, not to mention getting strapped down to it by a fragment of my own embarrassingly razor-shaped past life. Exactly. So yeah, I wouldn't move back to Tammuz if you, well, maybe if you paid me a lot, but like a lot. And I'll knock it all I want. But I'm a Tammuzian and a Mallory, and I'm frilling proud of it. Someone else badmouths my dirt ball. Apopolyarges, my partner, didn't read the room. You know I'd never want to upset the best canary I've ever shed the pickle with. <laughs> Thanks, Stops. And no worries. I know you've always got my back. As long as there's a baronetcy of Kandifa Ah, and as long as I'm that baronet, You'll always have a place to sing whatever you want, partner. <laughs> All right, Rudy. This is a big day for us. Our first recruitment center, right here on the fairgrounds. It's quite the vote of confidence, so let's make sure it's not misplaced, hmm? Mm -hmm. Is the staff ready to open up? All ready. They look so nice in their uniforms and headbands. Ooh, can I be a recruiter too? Oh no, I've got a special job for you, Rudy. We're going to put you right out front as our greeter. Your distinctive blend of endless optimism, adorability, and thorough absence of higher reasoning functions is just perfect for attracting the kind of new supporters we're looking for. Yay! Rudy's gonna be a valley talker! <laughs> That's my little carny! Now, where is that Ashley? I know she prefers the company of us plants, which is only to be expected, but her function here today is supposed to be communicating with her own species. You go inside and check in with the recruitment staff, Rudy, while I look for our perky little collaborator. Hey, Amber. I don't see you off the bridge too often. What brings you to the central promenade? And what's this recruitment center? Recruitment? Or what? Hello, Dawn? You know I just noticed you ask a lot of questions? I... yes, I do. Yes. 
Anyway, I'm still not sure what exactly they're recruiting for, but my sister might know. I was trying to talk to her earlier, and she said I should come up here for some kind of ceremony that she was hoping I'd be a part of, whatever that means. Oh, hey, there's Stella. John, what are you doing here? I thought you were at work. Oh, I was coming back from a ticket on the lower concourse, and I maybe decided to take the scenic route back. And then I saw this crowd, so I wanted to check it out. Yeah, it's some stupid Fuglinari thing, I guess. We definitely don't need to stick around for that. Come on, if you're playing hooky from work, let's go grab a snack. Actually, now that I'm here, I kind of want to find out what stupid crap the Fugs are pushing this time. We can hear all of it from Velbox. They've got this new frozen quiescence, the Rooter's Bard. I want to see how it works, inside and out. There's some kind of trick to it. Oh, there's Ashley? I'm going to find out what she has to say for herself? And I'll probably need a medium squishy cone after hearing that. So if I do find out what all this is about, I can fill you in afterwards. I'll see you there later. I think I'd still rather see for myself what- Oh, Strees, what the hell is HF doing up here? I thought he'd still be safety rigging the storage closet. Okay, yeah, Velbops it is. I didn't think I was playing hooky from work, but I most definitely am now. Great, come on. So what am I supposed to tell Mom and Mimi, Ashley? Even if I'm lucky enough to actually get a message to them under the new restrictions? Oh, you'll never guess? My little sister's funny little obsession with plants has turned into selling out our entire species? You never understood me, Amber. You're right. I never understood your thing with plants, but I never said one harsh word to you about it. Not one. And neither did Mom or Mimi. We supported you when the other kids made fun of you. But this is different. This isn't just caring about plants. It's serving them and making humans subservient to them. Which is everything I always wanted. I always knew that the plant way would be better for everyone. And now the Fugonari are proving it. Oh, there you are, Ashley, darling. It's time for your speech. I have to go now, Amber. I have something important to do. Not just for me, but for all humans. I hope you'll see that and join us before it's too late. Lovely to see you, Amber. Your sister is very special, you know. She's been so crucial to our work here on the fairgrounds. You must be so proud. I mean, really, plants? Could she find something more interesting mm. to be Testing, testing. Oh. Good afternoon and welcome. We are here today to commemorate a very special occasion for the Human Fugulnari Friendship Advisory Committee. But since you've been hearing so much from us Fugulnari recently, we've asked one of our most trusted and devoted human friends to speak to you first about what we're doing here and just what it means. Ashley from Hydroponics, everyone! Good afternoon to my fellow humans, honored Fugulnari, members of other species, and future official friends of the Fogelnari Ascendancy. I'm so excited to welcome you to the grand opening of the very first recruitment center for our new Efficiency Partnership Booster Program. What we are doing here is giving all humans and anyone else who wishes to show their acceptance of and devotion to the Fogelnari way, the chance to formalize that devotion. Just drop in here at the center anytime whenever it's convenient to you. One of our friendly staff members will be happy to share with you the fascinating philosophy of our plant friends, and you'll be able to see just how it applies to you and how much better it will make your life. Your personal Fugonari guide will spend all the time with you that you need, and there are even some cool games and fun quizzes along the way. You might even get tested on our special machine it can look into your heritage and see what plants you might be distantly related to. 
Are you a beautiful violet or a mighty sequoia? Your guide will be more than happy to tell you. And if you choose to formalize your relationship with the committee and sign a document averring your devotion to the way, you get the bestest gift on the fairgrounds. Do you see this kicky headband I'm wearing? It's not just a headband. It's a beautiful display of the understanding between you and our plant friend. Each headband is individually customized for the wearer. It contains two pheromonal tags that can be read by any Fogonari. One which indicates you are a friend and another that is derived from your own body chemistry that acts as your signature. So when you meet a Fogonari, they'll know right away that you're a friend and treat you accordingly. Isn't that great? So come on, humans, and show the whole galaxy what a good friend of the Fugunari you can be. Drop on in to the Efficiency Partnership Recruitment Center and formalize your devotion to the Fugunari way. Thank you, darling. Ashley from Hydroponics, everyone. Let's give it up for her. A fine example of the kind of human we're looking for to build bridges between us, Fulunari, and the human community. And, as she said, all species of the galaxy that might be interested in learning about the Fulunari way. And now, with the cutting of this ribbon, I shall officially open our very first Booster Recruitment Center. Ashley, the scissors? On behalf of the Human Fugulnari Friendship Advisory Committee, I now declare this recruitment center open. What's happening? No! No! Oh! Oh, it's awful! humans think that a little explosion will stop us from teaching them how to better themselves, then they're clearly in need of a lesson in just how serious we can be. Hey, Bob! 
Plus, do I really have to use these Theban polywogs? They're a real pain in the pelt. Yes, it's all part of the rebrand. Chip Frinkle's electric egg is now a lodestar of outer world charm, just like in the old hollows. Pretty sure in the old hollows they used those fake plastic deal. Because these keep trying to climb out of the glass on me. You better keep those things out of the green room, Chip. I do not want to find one in the toe of my street shoes. Okay, okay, so the rebrand still has a few kinks to work out. And what are you doing here clobbering about garnishes? Shouldn't you be back on stage right now? Right. Come on, Stops. I know just the fun I want to do. Oh, yeah. I am the one you mean. Oh, no, Dee. Not that one again. It's our special song, boss man. It's just for you. Hold up, Zoots. Before you head up there, anyone hear anything about some kind of bomb going off in the hub? A bomb? No. Where'd you hear this? This whispers at the bar about a bombing in the central promenade. Mm. Normally not something I give a whole lot of heft, but I've had three customers so far mention. Stops is not responsible. Stops never bombs. No, Stops is just permanently bombed. Soaps, you can't have heard that right. If there was an actual bombing, we'd have heard an announcement by now, or alarms going off or something. At the very least, there'd be something hey, on the... Frinkle! Hmm? We better not hear any singing from in there! Buzz off, deck thumpers. You don't have smart to say about it, so get out of my doorway! We are firmly ensconced in League of Humans jurisdiction, Frinkle, where we have every right to stand and talk with a megaphone! Yeah. Well, I have every right to call Toriana and have her sand your traitorous asses nine ways from Frong's day, so move it! Not as of the latest update to the friendship agreement, you don't. That's right! In the interest of efficiency, direct oversight of security forces has been transferred to the advisory committee. <sighs> Frill me. We're not here to make trouble, Frinkle. Just came by to pass on some information. Information you may find useful. Yeah, right. Your excuses are getting weaker by the cycle. You got something to say to me, you can say it from out there. Sure. Let's just get him in here and settle this gears before D and I get rustacified. Hey, Fuzz, you may temporarily Philly dog inside my jurisdiction, but remember, Authorities cannot apprehend bargors in Kandifa'a. Yeah, yeah, we know all about ECAB. See that you remember it. Oh, we remember it. What we've got here is a list of things you'd better remember. What? On this data pad are two folders containing lists of all songs ever performed by any cabaret artist in the known galaxy, according to the Musicians Union and Gascarp. One list is of songs approved by the committee as officially inoffensive when performed by humans, and the other is... Uh, not. Hey, Zoots! Nothing has changed since you were last here. The committee still doesn't get any say in what can and can't go on in the baronetcy of Kandafa'a. Yes, sir. You are within your legal rights to allow any lyrics of your choosing to be performed inside the egg. But we checked with Earth Central and double-checked with the committee, and it turns out that if the sound of an interdicted lyric makes it out into the hallway, <laughs> when we just so happen to hear it... 
then we will have witnessed a violation of league law yeah. and can arrest the performer as soon as they exit Zibanon territory. <laughs> what? Except the baronet. Yeah, we still can't touch it. But uh, anyone else performing a song on the no-no list will be detained and subject to fine and or remedial compliance habituation. <laughs> uh-huh. Have you even looked at these lists? Here's the list of songs I'm allowed to perform. And here's the list of songs you can throw me in the brig for. This doesn't even leave me enough for a single set. You just have to use your imagination. Like, 99 bottles of space beer is still on there. You could fill up a set with that one easy. Just keep adding bottles. You cannot be serious. Look at this list. Here, let me stop it at a random. Right. Look at this one. All of you, look. That song is offensive. It is on the list of interdicted lyrics, so yes, it is offensive. Yeah. It's a kid song. An incredibly stupid and monotonous kid song. I wouldn't sing it again anyway in a million cycles for a trillion credits. I had to do way too many kitty birthday gigs when I was starting out, but come on. The committee actually banned that? Yeah, for obvious reasons. You have no grounds for complaint, ma'am. That one is clearly about the human body. It's about a dumb dance that anyone can do. That humans can do. That song specifies at least four distinctly human body parts, depending on the version. That's what it's all about. The lyrics even say so. You know what? Fine. I'm going back to the green room, Chip. You can work this out, and then let me know when I might once again have the opportunity to actually do my job, okay? Yeah. I guess I'm gonna go make a few improvisatory air sculptures on the keys until such time as I'm allowed to work my magic properly. Excusez-moi. Alright then. Appears we've reached an understanding. Oh yeah, we're good, sure. Thanks so very much, officers. Oh wait! What's the story on that bomb everyone's saying went off in the Central Promenade? You jackers know anything about that? We know nothing about any kind of bombing in the Central Promenade, sir! That's right! So drop it! Wait, do we know anything about that? I don't. I thought maybe you did. Uh... Well, let's go see if it's true! What if it's a terrorist bombing? Oh, man, that'd be sweet! Gloves <laughs> off, baby! Oh, yeah, it's on. Okay, well... That puts at least some of the entertainment on Holt. Hey, Stops! Why don't you do that song D had planned? They can't throw you in the brig for it. Uh, not sure I still cork that melody, boss man. You were gonna play it for her. You can play it for all of us. Now play it! You can't remember this because you don't exist Since I went back in time And crushed that little butterfly Time's gone awry My lab assistant too She's just become some goo With one big compound eye That 
But I can't seem to classify Time's gone awry My stupid error caused you to negate Then all my loved ones started to mutate So many horrors I can't contemplate And I'm the reason why I must take inventory of my laboratory What can I rectify? The world will never forgive my deeds Now time's God, I hate that song. Thanks, Stops. Hey, cheer up, boss. This is gonna blow over soon enough. Things have to get better around here eventually. Sure. But first, they're gonna get worse. Much worse. See, man, this kind of grimdark blurg is exactly why I don't think this whole rebrand has been good for your head. Well... Well... It started. As you knew it would. Yeah. Damn it. Damn them all. The committee, the ICSB, and Earth Central. The Foogs for starting all this in the first place. The ICSB for not doing a damn thing to stop it. And Earth for being so complacent that it was even possible. And now... Here we are. If it's any consolation, sir, I can assure you that some form of violence was inevitable. <sighs> it would have looked a lot better if the Fugues had hit first. Perhaps, sir. But ultimately, it does not matter. One side was going to start it, and the other was going to respond in kind. The opinion of anyone outside this conflict as to who started it is not worth considering at the moment. But we'll need to consider it sometime, won't we? We're almost certainly not going to be able to get the League back under human control without some kind of outside help. I don't need your precognitive abilities to know that. And someone on our side firing the first shot is the kind of thing that provokes stupid questions. Why did the humans turn to violence? Was it really necessary to go so far? What have the Fugonari actually done to you to justify this? Hey, I'm just asking questions here. <laughs> oh, weird to think of Bo several right now. I don't exactly miss him, but he did liven the place up a bit. I can't fault his taste in obvious bribes. He must be long gone from the fairgrounds by now. Or he'll never be leaving the fairgrounds again. Is that a question you'd be willing to settle, Frawl? Let's just say that his final score in the game of Off Mary Kill is a great many of the first, five of the second, and one of the third. <laughs> yeah. He's providing nutrients somewhere in the back of Tav 48, isn't he? Yes. 
Oh, and since it can be of no further importance now, I suppose I might as well confirm that your suspicions as to his origins were correct. He was not in any way human, but a shapeshifter of the Malagnacet species. I've always wanted to meet a shapeshifter. Though I guess if Bo was one, then for all I know, I've met dozens. Not dozens, no. What about his sidekicks? I haven't seen anything of them around either. Are they all so much mulch? No, actually. Their tenure with Mr. Several had provided them with a great deal of experience in the practice of the precipitous bailout. They all managed to organize a covert departure to safer ports of call shortly after Bo's indefinite leave of absence was announced. I'd be tempted to follow their example if I thought there would still be any such thing as a safe place after the Fugs are finished here. It's pretty clear at this point that humanity is just a test run for them. But there's still something we can do to make sure this particular experiment is a resounding failure. I can assure you that you have done all you will be able to in the short term, sir. Okay, then. I'm ready. We're in it now. All we can do is wait for where the Fugalnari care to take this. I hate waiting. Don't worry, sir. You won't be waiting long. Elfar is very pleased that Ferelidon has allowed him to make treating of the lunch at the authentic human-style dining establishment of Sammy's. But he is still not understanding why John will not be joining Althar in partaking of the most famous and popular Philly cheese steak. You know why, Althar. It's because of cheese... product. I don't care how it tastes. There's no way I'm eating another one of those things now that I know where that stuff comes from. Althar is aware that the taste is a most subjective thing, but... It is difficult to imagine any being disliking such a rich and vibrant flavor. And there are very many humans who are also considering the exudations of chi to be the taste sensation. Yeah, I know everyone else likes it. I used to like it, but that doesn't change anything. And I really wish you'd drop it, okay? Consider the fact that I, a human, am able to sit two seats down from you in Altorian at a lunch counter, uh, with a screen between us, but still and eat my roast beef with peppers and onion substitutes on an excellent approximation of an authentic Amorosa roll. And even your presence is not grossing me out nearly as much as the thought of slathering some of Cheese's special sauce on it. That should give you some idea of how strongly I feel about this. Arthur must beg the forgiveness of friend John. He will cease the friendly joshing on the subject of Cheese Whiz at once. Thank you. I really wish they'd call it something else to avoid confusion. That phrase means something a lot less repugnant on Earth. Though if you'd once told me I'd actually be saying that about the original Cheese Whiz. Hey, John! And I assume that's Althar back there. Hello, Mr. Frinkel! Yes, Althar is concealed behind the convenient barrier that the very solicitous Sammy has purchased for the Iltorian visitings. Yeah, I just assume you're around whenever I run across an unexpected screen, curtain, or ornamental solid light structure. Although that has backfired on me a couple times. Hey, Sammy, usual lunch bag to go. Wit or wit out for you today, Chippy? Uh, wit. Ugh. 
So how's your day been, dudes? I've been wrapped up in the latest chapter of the thrilling saga we like to call, How are the committee and their goons and security trying to shut me down this cycle? Arthur also has been making contemplation of potential future action by the Fugulnari, although Arthur's considerations were of the questions of diplomacy more philosophical and far-reaching. Well, my day has been the exact opposite of philosophical or diplomatic so far. I was over on the central promenade when that bomb went off at the opening of the Fug's brand new recruitment center. Wait, that was real? What do you mean, was it real? I was there. Look, the only thing any of us heard about a bomb was a few rumors circulating at the egg. And you can imagine how seriously I take rumors from my customers. We checked Hecknet, all the local news stations. There was absolutely no mention of any bomb. Well, the place definitely blew up. And I guess I can't be 100% sure it was a bomb, but I've got a fair amount of experience as to what stuff on the fairgrounds looks like when it blows up by accident. This was really precise. Serious shockwave you could feel in your bones all the way across the promenade, but there was almost no damage to any other storefronts, so... Either the Fugs got spectacularly unlucky, which yes, is always an option around here, or they got hit by someone who knew exactly what they were doing. When was this? About an hour and a half ago. I called up Althar to tell him the whole thing, and he insisted on treating me to lunch to try and keep my mind off it. Was anyone injured in this unfortunate act? You have not said yet, friend John. Oh, well, it was hard to see with all the smoke, but I'm pretty sure there were a lot of foods inside, and it looked like only a couple of them made it out. As to the crowd outside, I think just minor scrapes and bruises. Maybe hearing damage. Oh, that is most distressing. Hold up. You actually hadn't heard anything about it until I told you? I thought it was weird when I came in here that everyone wasn't talking about it, but I figured that was just the usual fairgrounds apathy. How does no one know? A frilling bomb went off in the central promenade. Althar must be assuming that this is because the Fugulnari do not wish it to be known. Their attempts at the efficiency initiatives have not always been success, but they have been showing themselves most effective at the control of information. They may perhaps be desiring to delay the official announcement of this misfortune until they have made settlement upon a response. Other has great concern as to what this response will be. The Fugalari are tending to go more than a bit over the side of the boat when they are experiencing the upset. Ooh boy, do they. Fred, this is definitely going to spell trouble for the egg. Why are you believing this, Mr. Frankel? Because whenever something gets flooded up with one of their stupid initiatives, we get more foods in there trying to hassle us. It doesn't even matter if whatever policy is causing the pushback is something that doesn't affect us at all. The last one was about transit tube seating protocol. They just really, really hate that there's one place on station that's not under their control, which means every time they get frustrated, I get a whole new sledge load of headaches to deal with. And I can't just tell them to jack off, because if they do finally decide to cut off my shipments, that's it. I'm done. That is certainly most unfair and unfortunate. Yeah. On the other hand, this bombing proves that there may be a whole lot of places on the station that aren't actually under their control. So maybe it'll take the heat off us for a while. And on a personal level, I can't say I'm too sorry about it. Make agreement with this, Mr. Frinkel. The violence is always most regrettable, even when it is committed against those who have performed the actions quite troublesome. 
and uh, other is fearing that the consequences of this will be very dangerous for his human friends. I mean, I don't love violence, but... The thing is, Althar, you've studied human history. You've almost never been able to stop one group of us from abusing power over another without some amount of violence. Moral high ground just isn't enough, like when... The Wait, what did they... Sammy, Sammy, can you turn that up? Yeah, Sharon, hit the volume! Everyone pipe down for a second. Okay, still on? We'll see for how long. A report has just come in off a transport from the lighting system. Uh, this has not been completely confirmed. But it is from a source who claims to be a first-hand witness to recent events on Tammuz Beta. Some weeks ago, League of Humans forces operating in concert with the advisory committee, arrived on Tammuz Beta, seeking to implement a new regular- is entering the electric egg, human friends! Please avert your eyes, and would scene bubbles be activating of the warning sign, please? Hey, Sopan? Yeah? D here? Sure. Hasn't left your dressing room since you went out. No one else went in? Just shops. Why? Hey, Bob. You look like you accidentally put on Sopan's foundation. Well, Pubbles is right, Bang. It's like looking in a mirror. What's that into you? Please, Sing Sopan, have you been hearing any discussion of Tamu's beta from the customers at the egg? Yeah, actually, those foogs over there. They were yelling something about Tamu's and, uh, making funk. I wasn't really paying attention. Well, you need to. We all need to. Alright, I better get to D before she hears about this from anyone else. Althar, could you fill these folks in? Yes, Althar will perform that sad duty, Mr. Franco. Right. I'll be in the back. Oh, hey, Chorp. No worries. Delilah and my own most newly ossified self are coming off brick and ready to scone. And we will be keeping it to our Fugi friends approved setless. We are professionals and we have worked it out. It might only be 20 minutes of material, but hey. <laughs> I take some serious solo space. We can stretch it to 35. So, no sombrero, we're on it. Yeah, no, D, sit down a minute, okay? I've got to talk to you about something. Chip, we're good. We've got a show and we're ready to go. It's all good. D, please <laughs> sit down. What? I've been torpidating in here watching shops get flaked up for the past 40 minutes. I'm antsy. Okay. So the thing is, someone has to tell you this, and I'm really sorry it's me. You deserve, you deserve someone better than me for this, but I'm all there is. What's the big flurry, Chip? Have the Fugs finally decided all singing is offensive now? <laughs> Fine. If I have to sit a night out, I'll sit a night out. You and Stops can wave the scroll at them again and we'll no, just see, figure it out. No, sit down, would ya? Want me to go vamp? Not now, Stops. You mind sticking around? I'm here. Okay. So, D. You know the Fugs pulled this advisory schness all over the league. Earth, the whole solar system, every settlement in human space. Right. I mean, they're not letting a lot of news through, but they told us that much themselves. 
I still haven't heard anything from my folks, but I assume they're dealing with exactly the same pointless bullshit there as we are here. Not according to the news that just came in. Chip. What are you talking about? They didn't have too many details, D. But from what I heard... Where? Uh, radio in Sammy's. So whatever happened was at least three days ago. Probably more. Word's just getting out. One of the local stations got a hold of the news from a witness on a passing ship, I guess. They only got out some of the story before the station went dead. I think the Fugs cut them off. Uh Uh-huh. So what some of a story did they get out before that? Right. Well, I guess the ascension started on the Tammuz moons the same way it did everywhere else. The Fugs came out of hiding made their announcement, said they were going to be advising the local human government, which didn't go over so well. It wouldn't? Yeah. So they went back and forth like that for a while, kind of like we have been here. And then, things got really bad, really fast. How bad? Apparently the Fugs had a bit of a chip on their whatever's anyway because of the whole farming colony thing. So when they started getting some actual pushback, they called an entire League Forces battalion to enforce the agreement, and they came in. What did they say on the radio? I mean, they were rushing through it pretty quick. I think they knew they were going to get cut off. So for all I know, this was a complete exaggeration. What did they say? The word they used was scouring. Hmm. Now, who knows what really happened? This is all from just one witness. Maybe what they saw was an isolated incident. Fred, maybe none of it's true. We just don't know. But whatever the truth is, I'm sure the ICSB will have something to say about it. About what? A slaughter that's already happened? What are they going to say? I... I I don't know, Dee. Just look. I don't want you going out there tonight, okay? It's a bunch of foogs in the house, who I will be kicking out immediately. Right, Stops? I may have to get out the scroll again. Do it, man. But before I do that, I'm going to call in all the bouncers who aren't working tonight. These foogs are loud and wasted and getting more so, so it might get unpleasant. They're... celebrating? Yes, and I'm throwing them out. And we're not allowing any Fulganari in here from now on. Okay? None. Right, Stops? I'll issue a flotten promulgation if they push it. Been a while, but I have studied the art of sesquipedalian menace. Thanks. So, D, you just stay in here and let me handle this. I'll let you know when the Fugs are gone, and then you can go home and take as much time off as you need, okay? Home? Yeah. Stops. You'll get her back to her place when it's clear. I'm on it. Right. I'll be back when they're gone. And D. <laughs> we're all with you. You're not alone. Got me? Gotcha, boss. Okay, Stops. Come on. We have a set to play. Wait, what? Hey, Dee. 
You heard the man. Yeah, and we're late. Let's go. It's showtime. Hey, Pete. I think Jorp's right. Let's just stay to out in the back, yeah? Uh, no. No. I gotta sing stops. I have two stops. Let me do this. I'd never stop you, man. Keep it cautious. Yeah. Cautious. Hey there! Wasn't that nice, everyone? Some of our advisors decided to sing their special little song for us. <laughs> You know, I was paid to sing that song of theirs about, oh, eight weeks ago. Any guesses how much I'd have to be paid to sing it now? Anyone? Well, whatever you guess, you lose. Easy, easy. So I don't want a harsher evening or anything. I just have two things I'd like to say. My name is Delilah Mallon, and I am a Tamuzin. And there was a silly little song I learned back on Tammuz Beta when I was growing up. I, I think most of us humans learn this song as children. Doesn't matter where you came from, Earth, Mars, Nunima, we've all sung it. So feel free to join in, okay? It's not the kind of number we usually do here, just a kid's song. And it's not exactly fashionable right now, but I think our advisors over there should get to hear it. You put your right hand in. You put your right hand out. You put your right hand in. And you shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. About. Come on, humans. You all know this. You put your left hand in. You put your left hand out. You put your left hand in. And shake it all about. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself around. That's what it's all about. Sounds like our leafy friends over there want us to listen to their song instead. Why don't we show them what we think of it? Come on, humans. All of you. Shake it all around. 
Fields, son of Grand Duchess Jabalin, House Philibert, Marquess Ron Roar of Brillafeed Wine, Baronet of Candifer Potentate of the Phyrexian Isles, High Lord of Menchantan, Master of Her Grandiosity's War Snails, and Fairground Staring Contest Champion of the Grand Duchy of Prague. The Electric Egg is the official seat of my baronetcy. You will cease threatening my guests and leave my territory immediately, or face the wrath of the Zibidont Empire! Holy fuck. Baronet, under both League of Humans and ICSB law. Diplomatic immunity does not apply in the case of seditious acts being committed in a consulate, mission, outpost, or monarchical seat within the bounds of a foreign planet, colony, country, or territory. If you continue this obstruction, you will be in violation of interstellar law. This unauthorized gathering will disperse immediately. And Barrett, you will lower all your arms and drop the weapons you are holding at once. These are the six scepters of Grand Matriarch Thren, you uncultured barbarian. And if you lay one frond on any of my guests, I will beat your floral ass with them. D? Go ahead. Chip? It's your room, D. Do what you need. Everybody, from the top! You are to cease this delicious action and leave the premises in 15 seconds, or we will force you to comply. Hey, Ness, uh, are we, are, are we doing this? I mean, the Blake and the law, yeah, but it feels real weird beating up humans just because a bunch of Herbies said so. What the frit is wrong with you? We're not doing this for Herbies. We're doing this because we've got orders to keep the peace, which means we finally get to bust some heads. Oh yeah, right. 
to see me about a, oh hey Stella Rawl hi John glad to see you're okay Stella you haven't been answering your phone after I heard about Tamu's beta I, I wanted you'll have time for that later Mr. B would you sit down please I have a few things I'd like to discuss about the contract between Fairgrounds and W your company okay Frawl go to it we're secure Mindy Right. Sorry, John. There's a chance we're being listened to, even in here. Had to get through that plausible deniability-shness until Frawl could become our security bubble. And we are being listened to in here anyway, Mindy. I don't care about the OE listening in. I hope they're listening in. But it's vitally important that the Fugues don't hear about this. Oh, is this about what happened at the Egg? I just heard. Or... I heard a little, and then the local news channel went dead, just like the radio and Sammy's when they were talking about Tamu's beta. What little I heard sounded really bad. Do you know, is everyone okay? Althar was on his way there with Chip to spread the news about the Tamu's thing. Althar's fine, John. No one laid a finger or a branch on him. But everyone else... Apart from a few who managed to flee the scene, everyone else at the Egg has been arrested and jailed or will be jailed subsequent to the completion of medical treatment or repairs. Although Dr. Mwangi tells me that some of the injured aren't likely to pull through. Son of a bitch. As far as the people you know personally, Chip and Quance both have a few broken bones and Chip will probably be spending a night or two in jail once he's taken care of. Stops came out of it with nothing worse than a few bruises. Typical for someone that intoxicated. They just roll with it, it seems. Bubbles is badly dented up and will be offline a few days while her nozzles are replaced. Sopan's gonna be laid up for a while. The Fugues did a real number on them, and I guess their species is pretty fragile. And that little green guy. What's his name? The annoying one. Vert. Right. Vert. He got banged up a bit. But I'm told he managed to smash quite a few pots before they finally took him down. Guess being so tiny made him a hard target. Hope he thinks it was worth it. He'll certainly be doing some time. Along with that drunk who's always parked at the end of the bar. You know, the one with the hair. I don't know if she even understood what was happening. She only knows one sentence in English as far as I can tell. But she ripped a couple plants apart with her bare hands before they got to her with the neurodampers. What about Dee? Ah, Dee. Dee's got a lot of bruising, and she's suffering some short-term neurological issues from the neurodamper hits, although she's expected to make a full recovery. But she's in jail now, and it looks like she's going to be for a while. But can't Stops do something about that? I I mean, he's royalty. And he was beaten? There's no way the Zibidon Empire will stand for that, is there? 
I certainly hope not, John, but there's no way of knowing how long it will be before they hear about it. And I'm sure whatever story does make it out to them will have been heavily massaged by the committee. Not to mention that, while an assault on even a dimly regarded aristocrat like Stops would normally provoke an immediate and resounding response from the Empire, there is some question as to whether they will extend themselves for him specifically. The internal machinations of the Zibidon aristocracy are... Well, to call them cutthroat would be a severe understatement. So Stop's family, and his distinguished mother in particular, may not wish to strain their ties to the Empress in support of a son who has already considerably weakened their standing through his antics. We will have to wait and see whether the Grand Duchess considers her honor and her affection for her son to be worth the considerable expenditure of social capital it would require to convince the Empress to intervene. The most likely outcome is that the Empire will eventually issue an official statement of censure toward the Fuganari for this act of lese majeste, which they will cheerfully ignore. And... E? How long is she going to be in jail? It's hard to say. Everyone else, the Fugs will only hold for a few days, just to prove a point. But their official story is that Dee instigated a riot, so she needs to be detained indefinitely as a threat to public safety. And it looks like they're going to also charge her, if they even get around to charges, with not only sedition, but the planning of that bombing in the Central Promenade this afternoon. Which is ridiculous. She had nothing to do with that. Yeah, the bombing... I was there for that, and so were you, Estelle, although you were working really hard to get me away from the recruitment center. So if Dee didn't plan that bombing, which I think we can all agree she didn't, then I'd like to know who did, although I think I can guess. Stella did not plant that bomb, John. Oh? It was Hardy Fox. Oh. Oh, but- It was time. I'm so sorry I've been keeping this from you, Johnny, but, well, I guess you'll understand why I haven't had as much time for you these last few weeks. There's a resistance movement here in the fairgrounds, and I'm part of it. So is HF. We're just local so far, but we've been trying to make contact with anyone who's been doing the same elsewhere in human space, if they're even out there. No luck yet, but either way, we intend to stop the Fugulnari takeover of humanity through sabotage, subversion, and, when necessary, violent action. And today was the day it became necessary. Yes. 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 Right. Okay, so... Where do I sign up? Who's in charge? Uh, You, Commander? Or HF? No, John. My actions are under far too much scrutiny by the committee to risk any direct involvement. It wouldn't be safe for me or the Resistance. The Commander's greatest potential value to the Resistance is to offer them whatever limited assistance she can from her current post, even if the most she can do is slightly impede the official attempts to counteract their efforts. Their effectiveness would be greatly reduced if she were replaced as Commander of the Fairgrounds by a willing Fuganari collaborator. And I wouldn't say that anyone's in charge of the Resistance, really. We've been trying to keep things communal and work on a cell-based system to minimize the risk of the whole organization being taken out. But, well, when it comes time to make the big decisions, a lot of people tend to look towards 
the person who first started putting it together. Of course. Of course it would be you, Stella. Yeah. The core group came from my sanitation fusiliers. I knew them, I knew who could be trusted, and then we started expanding. HF got wind of it from someone in the in-betweens and came to me offering his technical expertise. And I'm the one who signed off on his bomb plan today. I'm sorry I couldn't tell you until now, Johnny, but there were reasons. Because I was your boyfriend. I wish it was just that simple, John. Yes, I love you, and I wish I could say that my whole reason for keeping you out of all this was to keep you safe, but as much as I want that, not letting you get involved was more for tactical reasons. Tactical? When I first started thinking about our possible strategies going forward, and all the possible Fuglinari responses to those strategies, I realized that someone like you could be exactly what the Resistance needed, as a strategic instrument, to be brought into play when necessary. Strategic how? How close are you with Frondrenax these days, John? I've been turning and walking the other way every time I see her. What do you think? She subjugated my entire species. But before the ascension, you were pretty close to her, yes? I guess. If you'd asked me back then, I probably would have laughed and said she was annoying but harmless, always showing up at the most inconvenient times, coming into our apartment uninvited, which, yeah, makes me feel pretty stupid looking back on it now. But, I don't know, I guess I do miss the silly, sweet, slightly dotty old Mrs. Frondernax, even if she never really existed. Althar actually thinks her whole mission here was to try and keep him from getting too close to any humans, that she was doing all she could to subvert our friendship, but... I don't know. He's usually a lot more optimistic about people's intentions than I am, but I'm having a hard time believing Mrs. F would do that. I suppose it makes sense, though. It does. We'd like you to start talking to her again. And keep her talking. See what she might let slip about the Fugulnari's plans. They're well organized as a whole, but individually some of them get careless and sloppy. They like to talk. Yeah, when HF and I were pulling our clumsy, albeit successful, rescue of Miss Sophie, we heard one of the guards say something about Tammuz Beta. Didn't mean anything to me at the time, but... See, yes, that's exactly what we're going to need. And Mrs. Fondrenax is a particularly likely source of useful information. She has stumbled into the trap that awaits every deep cover agent. The false self she was presenting to the world has become more real than she had ever intended. She is no longer entirely comfortable among her own people, and they, in turn, suspect that her loyalties may not be as solid as they once were. She is, in short, lonely, and will very much welcome a sympathetic ear, no matter to whom it is attached. So we need you to listen and learn as much as you can. But what if they suspect you're with the Resistance? Being your boyfriend is probably going to get me labeled a security risk at the very least. I won't be around, John. After tonight, me, most of the Sandy crew, HF, a few others, we're going into the in-betweens full-time. So they'll know you're with the Resistance. How am I supposed to convince them I'm not? John, here's how it's going to go down. After tonight, we won't see each other again until the day after tomorrow. 
You'll be on the central promenade at 1337 hours, hanging around outside the recruitment center. The committee have made reopening it their top priority. It should be up and running with at least a skeleton crew by then. You'll be considering whether or not to go inside. I will run into you there, and we will have a fight. I won't tell you exactly what about. It's better if you're not over-prepared, but I'm sure you have some idea. Just follow my lead. And it's gonna hurt, baby. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. But this is how it needs to be. I'm going to walk away, and you'll take a moment, and then walk into the recruitment center. You'll tell them you're now in charge of your company's office on the fairgrounds, you're a friend of Mrs. Frondernak's, and you want to know how you can help the Fuglinari cause. And then you listen to what they tell you to do, and you do it. Okay, this is like the 43rd most upsetting thing about this plan, but don't you think all that's a little melodramatic and obvious? Not really. The Fukunari aren't big on emotional subtlety, especially when it comes to mammals. And they genuinely believe humans should want to help them. They're unlikely to question it. Okay, so then... What? I, I work for them? Mostly just around them. You do your regular job or whatever else they tell you to. But you listen. Okay, so... I'm walking around wearing a stupid headband that says I'm a traitor to my species and doing whatever the Fugs want so they'll start feeling chatty while I'm around. How do I get in touch with you if I learn anything? You... don't. We can't risk it. I have to stick to the in-betweens, keep on the move. So you absolutely can't come to me, or do anything that would show you know there's anything going on in there. You'll report to me, John. Right here. You're already needed on the bridge at least once every three weeks for that one stupid wire that keeps shorting out on us. Just mention confidence while you're out there making repairs, and I'll remember that the espresso machine here in my office has been giving me some trouble. Frawl will do their cone of silence bit and provide a plausible simulation of you cussing out a malfunctioning group gasket for anyone who might be inclined to eavesdrop and will be able to speak freely. Every 18 to 24 days, thereabouts. And the rest of the time, I walk around being hated by just about everyone else on the fairgrounds. But not all of them. And that's important. We need to know about collaborators, too. Which humans might be doing the same thing you are, but for the other side? And which aliens might be leaning for or against joining up with the committee? And we'd also love to find out which side of all this the bots are going to fall out on. That might end up being incredibly important, and they may trust you more than any other human on the station. Which I know is a pretty low bar to clear, but still. Basically, we just need you to keep your ears open and use your instincts. Everything's still too up in the air to give you any instructions clearer than that. Yeah, no, that's, that is unfortunately completely clear and totally logical. So, when will I get to see you during all this? You don't. Ever? Ever. Until... Until all this is over and the Fuglinari are gone or we're dead. That's how it is. Stella. And that's true whether or not you choose to help us. Oh, choose. I, I have a choice about all this. Of course you have a choice, John. 
Even if you were a member of League Forces, we would never force you to accept such a weighty and perilous mission. That would somewhat contravene the principles of freedom which we are trying to defend, would it not? You will not be required to simulate a public break with Stella, nor to feign allegiance to the Fulganari. I'll still have to stay away from you no matter what. But if you'd rather just keep your head down and stay out of it, that's absolutely your prerogative. Well, you're risking your life. You know I couldn't do that, Stell. And it's not just you. Half my friends just got the shit kicked out of them for singing a stupid kid song. Of course I want to do whatever I can to stop this. Anything. And I'm pretty sure the three of you know that, or I wouldn't even be here. Mm-hmm. So, who else is in on this? I mean, who else will know I'm actually working for the Resistance? Nobody, John. Just the three of us. What? We can't risk it. I mean, I appreciate that, but isn't there anyone who- No, John. While we appreciate that the general disdain generated by your public embrace of the Fulganari will be a heavy burden indeed, the risk of losing a unique potential asset is too great to allow even one potentially untrustworthy individual to learn of your true allegiance. Not even HF? Sorry, no. I know, you'd trust him to the Outer Rim, and so would I, but no. What do I tell Althar? Nothing. But... Althar... No. So... I let the kindest, sweetest, most generous, and ethical person I've ever met, who thinks the world of me for some reason, believe that I'm willing to go along with a fascist takeover of my own species? The, the species he's dedicated his life to for years? Yes, John. That's exactly what you do. I have no idea why you think I'll be able to handle this. I, I, I don't know if I can. John. Out of everyone you've met on the fairgrounds, who would you consider the most critical, the hardest to impress? Well, yeah, you three would definitely be up there. Right. So if we all think you can do it... Yeah. Yeah, I, I know. <laughs> okay, I, I'm in. But you already knew that. Just... Pardon me for a second. I just wanted to have a normal, boring, uneventful life! <sighs> just needed to get that out. Sorry. I'm good now. So, I guess I should go. John. John B. If you would like some privacy in order to say your goodbyes to Ms. Ray's before you are forced to part, I would be able to arrange that for you at this time. No, I don't think so. If I'm going to do this, I have to start right now. I, I'd better get home and see how Althar is holding up. Unless... Oh, sorry, Stella, I should have asked. Uh, did you want to... No, Johnny. I love you, and I'll miss you, and I'll see you for real on the other side of this. Yeah. I love you too. All right, 
I'll see you at 1337 on the Central Promenade day after tomorrow. Commander, Frawl, I guess I'll be seeing you the next time you need a 16-gauge splice. I'll be the guy on the stupid headband. Thank you, John. Good luck. I'll see you out. Althar, you here, buddy? Yes, Randy John. Althar is here, behind the curtain of privacy. I heard a little about what happened at the egg. You want to talk? Yes, friend John. The conversing with the dear friend would be a great consolation at this time. You were there when it all went down, right? I heard they didn't touch you, but everyone else. Yes. It was... It was very horrible, friend John. Although I had never before perceived physical violence in the person. At least none that was of such deliberateness. And certainly none that was practiced on those who are dear to Althar. He has, of course, studied the violence of history and observed the fictional depictions of it. But to be present when it is occurring is a thing of much difference. It's okay, buddy. There was nothing you could have done. Unconcealing himself from behind the Big Blotch Hunter 2 machine so as to stop the human forces of security who were practicing some of the violence. But then he had concern that this would make incapacitation also of the humans who were attempting to flee the violence, and this would leave them at the mercies of the Fugulnari forces. And these mercies, Althar thinks, are very small indeed. So, Althar did not emerge, but merely made impairment of the forces of security to cease their strikings and neural scramblings. And they were not listening to Althar. So, in the end, Althar was doing nothing of use. You can't blame yourself, Althar. Althar must contradict you, dear friend, as he is doing so at this moment. Yeah, I know. But listen, this was a long time coming, and if it hadn't happened today, it would have tomorrow or the day after that, or... And I know how hard you've been working to keep this whole Fugonari thing from going bad, but... Sometimes trying just isn't enough. And that... That sucks, buddy, I know, but 
I also know you're going to get up again tomorrow and keep trying anyway, because that's what you do. So now I think we should both get some sleep. As a very good friend once told me, it is a truth that many troubles will still be present when you are rising, but you will be better shaped to deal with them. <laughs> yes, Althar will sleep. But not before Althar has written several more letters to his friends and teachers on Iltor. Althar has been corresponding with them for some weeks in the hope of resolving his many confusions about the Vugulnari way. But after tonight, Althar believes his confusions about the Iltorian way are outnumbering even those. Althar has some envy, friend John, that the human way seems to present your own people with much less confusement. Maybe. I still find other humans plenty confusing sometimes. Althar, you trust me, right? Of course Althar is trusting friend John. Did you trust Mrs. Frondernax? Sensing, yes. But not the same way that Althar trusts friend, John. Althar is always attempting to act with kindness and generosity, and he is hoping always that others are doing the same. But Althar's studies have taught him that this is very often not the case. And, of course, Althar believes his studies into human culture have given him some understanding of where friend John is emerging from. Whereas, he had never made study of the Fugulnari before their most unexpected ascending. He had not anticipated this would be of such great necessity one day. It is unfortunately not possibility to make detailed study of every culture in the galaxy, friend John. And... It is to believe Althar when he says he has tried. Yeah. I know you trust me, but... If you were to find out I was behaving in a way that... That you considered improper, or even immoral? Like the way Mrs. F and the Fugonari are behaving. <laughs> this is a thought experiment most implausible, friend John. Right, but... If I did... What would you think? Althar would believe that friend John must have some very good reason for behaving in such a fashion. One that was not yet grasped by the understanding of Althar. That's good to know, Althar. Thanks. But, you know... Even the worst people in history had friends who made excuses for the horrible things they did. Althar is knowing this. But Althar is also knowing friend John. And it would take a very great changing in the heart of friend John to turn him into a person who is not deserving the trust of Althar. Thank you, Althar. You have no idea how much that means to me right now. And now Althar believes it is time to follow the excellent advice of the friend of friend John and return for the sleeping. 
preceded in the case of Althar by the letter dictation. Althar is wishing you a restful sleep cycle, friend Tom. Pleasant dreams, friend Althar. Hello, residents of the fairgrounds. This is Frondernax of the Fulgulari Committee for the Management of Human Affairs. Well, it's been a day, hasn't it? It has been made clear to the committee that many humans on the station are less than appreciative of our work on their behalf. Not only that, but some of these humans felt the need to act out in a manner both seditious and violent against our perfectly reasonable advisory strictures. This has shown once and for all how much you humans are in need of a firm hand and how remiss we have been in allowing you to treat our friendship agreement as merely a list of suggestions. From now on, the management committee will be very clear about what is required to improve the lives of humans and we expect our requirements to be followed without question or protest. It's the law, and it's for your own good. If any of you have a problem with that, you're welcome to take it up with your League of Humans government, who I'm sure will be very diligent in keeping us apprised of your complaints, along with who exactly is doing the complaining. That's all for now. Think about where you stand and await further instructions. Rondernax, out. You've been listening to Life with Althar, episode 26. This episode was written by Ian W. Hill for Gemini Collision Works and starred Derek Peterson as Stops, Surrey Washington as D, Barrett Johnson as Althar, Chris Lee as Chip Frinkle, Amanda LaPagola as Mrs. Frondrenax, John Amir as John B, Ivana Cullinan as Commander Toriana, Alyssa Simon as Lieutenant Commander Frawl, and Eli Ganeas as HF, and also featured Philip Cruz, Lex Friedman, Ian W. Hill, Anna Stefanik, Linus Gelber, Olivia Baseman, Holly Pocket McCaffrey, David Arthur Backrack and Rolls Andre. Life Without Thar was created by Barrett Johnson and Ian W. Hill. Barrett is the supervising producer, showrunner, and script supervisor. Ian is the audio producer, sound designer, and technical supervisor. The writer's room consists of Barrett, Ian, John, Amanda, Chris, Philip, Lex, and Linus. Theme and interstitial music composed and performed by Anna Stefanik. Life Without Thar logo and illustration by Dean Haspiel. Library music and sound effects licensed from Storyblocks. The entire production is copyright 2020 Gemini Collision Works. This is the end of season two of Life with Althar. We will be back every other week with our third and final season starting July 2nd, 2021. But please keep checking our social media for between season information and please support our Patreon and merch store. So until we return with more Tales from the Fairgrounds, let's check in on our pal Althar as he dictates a letter back home to Iltor. So, most honored teacher, Chip Welbrickson, Frisflum, Gorston, Berwickians, these are the facts, as best as Althar's subjective understanding may convey them. 
There is the violence. And there is the law. And the violence observed by Elthar was permitted entirely by the law. Because of the arrangement made between the Fugunari and human government, which, of course, Elthar must once again be noting he believes was achieved by much deception, and possibly also by still more violence that has remained thus far concealed. So, the great suffering Elthar has observed cannot be ended by the law. But it can also not be endured by Elthar. He has seen no way yet to make resolution of this. But he must be asking if the precedents and principles of Iltor cannot make prevention of this suffering. Is this not evidence of a great lacking in these precedents and principles? Yes, the risk of making interference in that which may be imperfectly understood is a great one. But is this truly a risk of more weightiness? than that of permitting the suffering that may, with interference, be ended? Is it always the arrogance to look at the actions of another and say, No! You must not do this terrible thing! Are there not times when this may be necessity to pursue in fullness the aims of friendship and understanding? Please pardon Althar. Dear Chipwell Rixonifristbumkorstanberwekians, if his questions are foolish, it is a truth that he is still beginning his journey, and he is knowing that his experience is but a tiny pebble beside the great mountains of wisdom gathered by the many generations of his predecessors. Alvar is very much hoping that you are seeing an answer to these questions, that Alvar's proximity to them has perhaps prevented him from noticing himself. So, Althar is thanking you for continuing your attentions, and he will be most pleased to receive the responding of his most perceptive and generous teacher and friend. And he is always remaining your faithful student, Althar. Mm-hmm. <sighs>